This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. We've got a brand new series starting for you. And in this brand new series, we've got some, it's going to be an interesting because we're going to talk about, talk about relationships. I was sitting with my youngest son, uh, Michael, in, in the medical center a number of years ago. He was 18 years old. And we found out that he had an, a really bad ulcer in his stomach, and it was a, a perforated ulcer. And uh, his mother kept telling him to take Tums and take Pepto-Bismol for him. The doctor said that would made it worse, so Joy was secretly trying to kill our youngest child. And, and, uh, <laughs> but we were, we were sitting there listening to the doctor. He was a Turkish doctor. He was a very interesting guy. He was like a, a genius, a specialist in his field. And he came in, he was just very forthright. No, he, just, he looked at Michael, he said, okay, he said, we're not gonna have to do surgery. He said, but two things have got to happen. One, you may never drink alcohol, period, for the rest of your life, which didn't bother me at all. I'm like, that's great. He said, number two, he said, stay away from crazy women. And, and we, we all heard that, and Joy was with me. We all just kind of went, we laughed. He said, no, no, no. He said, I'm very serious. Stay away from crazy women. He said, I have doctors. They're married to crazy women. They have stomach trouble all the time. He said, stay away. From, from crazy women. And he was, he was extremely serious. In fact, we, Michael went and saw him a couple years later. He told him the same thing. Stay away from crazy women. So whenever Michael told us he was dating someone, we'd say, hey, you know what the deal is. Stay away from crazy women. Now, you women know that also that same rule applies in the opposite way. You need to stay away from crazy men too because they can give you stomach trouble. Here's the bottom line. Relationships impact all of our lives. We're going to be talking about relationships. Listen, this is not going to be simply a marriage series. Somebody tell me, oh, great, we're going to go through, I'm single, I don't ever want to be married again, or I'm single and I'm looking, or, you know, I've been there, or we're blended. Hey, listen, listen, the Bible talks, has great principles for relationships that go across the board, not just marriage. And so, if you'll stay with us, we're going to talk about some of these relationships. Joy and I have been through so many different stages of life. And so we, we want to hit those. We understand not everyone's married. We understand not everyone's single. But the Bible talks about relationships, and bottom line is all of us have relationships, and the effects, listen, when they're good, how many of you know, when relationships are good, they make life a blessing. If you've got some good relationships in your life, you all just thank God before you even get to the vehicle today. Thank you, Lord, for the good relationships in my life. Because the good ones, man, they, they, they can be so good. And they can add so much to your life and the bad ones. Bad ones can be tough. There was a lady named Millie who was watching the, one of the royal weddings. I think it was the first one. It was the, who was the last guy that got married? Harry, right. Big wedding. She was watching that. And she felt, she just felt like there was such just a huge gap in between what was taking place on the screen and her own marriage of years Made her feel so despondent, she went to the kitchen, got a bottle of wine out of the kitchen, sat down at the kitchen table, poured herself a big glass. She was going to limit herself to one glass. It was big. And she just savored every sip. Finally, at the last sip, she said, I love you. And her husband, who was anything but Prince Charming, put his paper down and looked at her and said, is that you or the wine talking? She said, it's me talking to the wine. 
<laughs> relationships can, they can, they can be, they can be painful. In fact, what, what they're finding out is our relationships, because they make up such a big part of our life, our relationships can actually impact our health. British study done over a 12-year period found that people who had intimate relationships that were hostile had a 34% more likely chance of having heart problems and heart attacks than people who were not in hostile, intimate relationships. They even did a study not just on, on our family or in intimate relationships, they did studies on our work relationships. A group out of Tel Aviv did a 20-year study, and they found out that the people who had non-supportive work environments, not just the boss, coworkers, that when there was a non-supportive environment that they were, during the course of this 20-year study, they found they were two and a half times more likely to die early than the ones who had a good work environment. So the, the bottom line is, these things impact us. Joy and I were talking about this, and we talked about this, this, these relationships, and she said, and I agree with her, she said, it's probably no doubt that all of us in here probably have a mixture of really good ones and really bad ones. And, uh, and Joy and I, are, we're, we're in the same boat. We had a big discussion about one, that we, a relationship in, that's involved in our life yesterday. So if you think we're immune to that, we're not. And by the way, it's not Matt or Kelly or any, it, it's, it, it's extended family. But these things, they're real. And they hit all of us. In fact, the scientists have said this, Good people around you is good for your health. Bad people around you is bad for your health. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a proven fact. This morning, I want to talk about the good ones. Now, during the course of this series, we're going to talk about the bad ones, but let's talk about the good ones this morning. But as we talk about the good ones, and all of us have some good relationships in our lives, here's, here's just a, a, a general point I want to make. All relationships, especially the good ones, need a refresh. They need to be refreshed. In other words, relationships can start, but they have a tendency to drift. Look at this verse here. It's an interesting verse in the book of Hebrews. The author of Hebrews said, We must pay the more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. You ever been to the beach and, and, and gone into the water, and you went in, you were maybe right in front of your umbrella, right in front of your towel, and then you, and then you come out and you're like, well, where in the world am I? And you realize the currents have pulled you way down. And, you're, and you come out and go, how in the world did I get? You drifted. And what happens is, in our relationships, there is a tendency to drift. And if we're aware of that, we can do something about it. Now, just think about it. Employer-employee relationships. You know, as, as an employer, I, I, I am an employer. I have, we have a large staff here. I mean, I've got some, I, we have a, let me tell you something, guys. As a church, we are blessed. We have an outstanding staff. These, these are good people here. And, you know, every now and then I have to remind myself that these are people who don't cause trouble. They show up. They do a great job. But sometimes you, you, you forget about that. As employees, I actually had a meeting with our staff the other day. Gave them five reasons they ought to be happy to work here. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. I'm not. And no, working for me was not number one. It was, it was in there. But, uh, no, it was... <laughs> the, the idea was... What happens is sometimes we forget, and so we need a refresh. Hey, you need to remember why you liked working here. When, when people, our spouse and our, our family and, the, and those relationships there, sometimes there's a tendency we start off well, and then we begin to drift. And what happens is we often focus on not what is right in the relationship, but what is wrong. And when you get folks that, then you can wind up and you, you, hear a couple, you hear couples say this, we just drifted apart. How about friendships? 
There's friendships that, man, I swore, hey, man, we'll stay in touch. We'll get together. We'll stay in touch. And, and we've lost touch. Now I realize that there's, there's Facebook and there's other social media ways, but it's easy to lose touch because relationships have a tendency to drift. Now, here's the interesting thing. Do you realize that our relationship with the Lord has a tendency to drift? And this is why we need to refresh that too. Now, listen, don't feel bad if you need to refresh. All relationships need to be refreshed. I was born again June 6 of 1978, walking across the field in Carbondale, Illinois. I was filled with the Spirit that summer. I was excited for God. I came back to my college, and I, I, was, living with, I, I was living with two fraternity brothers. We were right next door to three other fraternity brothers. It was party central. And my friends said to me, they said, Alan, when you came back, you were different. You didn't cuss like you used to. You didn't party like you used to. You were like real subdued. He said, now that, but you know, but you're kind of back to the way you used to be. Well, what happened? I didn't just get up and decide I'm going to walk away from God. What happened was I didn't have a church home. I didn't have any Christian friends who were pursuing God and my relationships. And I just gradually drifted where I wound up in the place I never thought I'd be. I don't think people wake up and go, oh, I'm done. I'm not serving God today. What happened? And I, I meet people all the time. They'll, they'll see me sometimes out in public and they'll go, hey, hey, Pastor Allen, hey, we used to go to your church. I can't tell you how that blesses me, guys. I just said, uh, <laughs> we used to go to your church. But, but more often than not, I'll ask them, hey, great, did you guys find a good church? And almost always they're like, oh, no, man, we got busy, the job changed, wife, the kids, and, and, and come to find out they're not anywhere. And so I just look at them and go, come back. Come on back. What happened? It's not that they're bad people. It's not they, they drifted. And it's just so easy to drift. But we don't have to drift. And the Bible tells us we don't have to drift, but we need to refresh relationships. Now, there's an interesting story in the book of Deuteronomy where, the, where God has given instruction to kings. And I think what we can find is some of the principles that apply to them actually apply to us. It's found in Deuteronomy. Let's, let's look at this story here. Talking to the kings, he said, but he, this is instruction to future kings of Israel. They didn't have a king yet. Here's the instructions. He shall not multiply horses for himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt to multiply horses. For the Lord has said to you, you shall not return that way again. Neither shall he multiply wives for himself, lest his heart turn away, nor shall he greatly multiply silver and gold for himself. Also, it shall be when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write for himself a copy of the law in the book, from the one before the priest, the Levites. And it shall be with him, and he shall read it all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God and be careful to observe all the words of this law and these statutes, that his heart may not be lifted up above his brethren, and that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, and that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. This instruction to future kings God was saying for a king, he said, listen, kings, you have a responsibility. It's a responsibility to, to be submitted to God, but then be a blessing to the people. The kings were supposed to lead the people. The kings were supposed to be a blessing to the nation of Israel. So the kings needed to stay right. So he warned the kings. He said, he gave them three things to watch out for. He said, don't multiply horses. Now, if you think about it, they didn't have cars back then, but they had, they had horses. And if you had nice horses... That's like having nice cars or a nice sports car. How many of you guys know we collect stuff? We like to collect stuff. He said, no, no, no. He said, don't multiply horses. He said, because it caused you to go back to Egypt, and I took you out of there. Don't go back there. But possessions, he said, don't get caught up in that. 
He said, don't multiply wives. Now, I know some of you are thinking, why would anyone <laughs> want more than one wife? The, the idea, listen, please understand that the, it's not these kings were looking for a soulmate. They weren't going, oh, I met this girl today and she really gets me. No, no, that's not what we're talking about. The king would walk along. Women were treated almost like property back in these days. So a king would be walking along. He's already got three wives, but then he sees another one. He's like, whoa, look at her. I'm going to marry her. I'm the king. I'm going to marry her. And they, he said, if you start multiplying wives, listen, it was a physical thing. So he's telling the kings, you got to watch it. You got to watch your passions, possessions, passions. The last one is your position, power. He said, don't greatly multiply silver and gold. If it all becomes a part about making more and getting more and getting more and getting more. And the key word is for himself. He keeps saying horses for himself, wives for himself, gold for himself. So the message to kings is kings. You can't just be a king. It can't be all about you. It's got to be about more than you. And God had a plan, and it was a daily plan, and it was definitive. It had a definitive outcome. So he said, here's what the kings need to do. So you need to have a copy of the book of the law, and you need to read it every day. You have a daily plan. Well, why do a king need a daily plan? One, you begin to read God's word. He said, and it'll help you respect and reverence God, a fear of God a respect and a reverence for God. Two, you begin to walk in God's ways. Three, that your heart won't be lifted up in pride. You start thinking you're better than anybody else because that's not the purpose of you being king. You being king is to serve and to be a blessing. But then the outcome was, if you'll do that, God's plan for these kings was, if you'll do that, you're refreshing your relationship with God every day. And you stay on track. And you stay and you'll prolong your days and your ways will be blessed. God's plans for the kings were good. It's interesting that there was one king who blew it in all three areas. Anybody know who he was? Solomon. Solomon, one of the wisest kings. Solomon, he had these instructions. This was written for him. He knew what to do. Solomon started multiplying horses. Man, he had horses and chariots and he got them from Egypt. That's what God said. Don't do that. You talk about a guy who multiplied wives? <laughs> Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines, which is a wife without benefits. Go look it up. And uh, <laughs> any, any way you want to cut it, guys, that's 1,000 women in your life. I have no idea what this guy was, but 1,000 women? Joyce, like, how many... How long would it take on a rotation? Well, even on a rotation, you. But it's interesting. He, the Bible said that. You know, guys, you, do you realize there are some things you just don't even comment on? No idea, baby. You just keep on rolling. All right. He multiplied silver and gold for himself. They said when, in Solomon's day, there was so much gold there that silver became almost like stones. It was commonplace. But it was interesting that it was the wives that turned his heart. The wives turned his heart. He was doing great. But then his wives began to, they, began, they worshiped other gods. And when you, you form a close union, single people, listen to me for a second. Any union that you form has the potential to turn your heart toward God or away from him. And so the, the warning was there. Solomon disobeyed it. But the principles, do they apply to us? Yes. 
How do we refresh our relationships? You refresh our relationships, and let's just talk about our, our, our relationships in our life. One of the ways to refresh is to refocus. Where we put our time and attention is what we refocus on. Now, we're having, we have marriage classes here. One of the benefits of marriage classes is they help us refocus on the marriage. They put some time and attention there. Look what Jesus said in Luke when he said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So in other words, what you treasure, what you value, what you give attention to and time to, that's where your heart is. And so one of the benefits of having marriage classes or doing a marriage seminar is that you're absolutely able to go and refocus on the marriage itself. When Joe and I were, were, were at the start of the church, church was going, we were really busy, and uh, we were in the car, we were driving to the beach, and, and I'm getting sleepy, and I'm in the car driving, I'm, I'm, my, you know when your eyes start to do this? And I looked at Joe, I said, sweetheart, you gotta you got talk to me, I gotta wake up here. Now some of you are thinking, well, why don't you just let Joy drive? Did you just hear what she shared in here today? <laughs> No, I, we, we, we have driven, and we thought for the best thing for us to do for our marriage is that she never, ever drive when I'm in the car. And so <laughs> it may not work for you. It works for us. So I said, sweetheart, I said, you got to talk to me. I'm getting sleepy. And so she, she started talking about some church things and things we had going on, and I perked up, and I said, thank you. She said something. She did not mean it wrong, but it stung me. She said, I knew if I talked to you about the church that you would spark. And I realized what she was saying. Alan, you're so focused and so given attention to the church. It's become so much of your life. I knew if I talked to you about that, that you would spark. And I realized, I, in, in building a church, you say, well, isn't that doing something for God? Yeah, but you can still get things out of whack. And so I, we changed some things. And we, we set up, and I realized that, that my wife and, and even my kids were getting, the, they were getting the short end as I was trying to, to do this for the church, and you can get driven, and you try to do these things. So I, we, we changed up, and so for us, this worked. We, we established every Friday night, Joy and I, would, I'd leave the office, and we would meet like at a Barnes & Noble and have coffee. And you think, that is so not romantic. I got it, but it was cheap. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a time for us to refocus on one another. And we had a chance just to talk and, to, and then we would, we, all the kids were still at home. Then we would go home and we'd have family night with the kids. If you want to refresh your relationship, refocus on it. Give it some time, give it some attention. Second thing is, if you want to refresh your relationship, you need to remind yourself of all the good things in them. Peter was writing to the church. Again, he's writing to, to the church people. He said, for this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it's right as long as I'm in this tent. He was talking about his body to stir you up by reminding you. Have you ever heard people say, I know, I know, I know. They know I love them. They know I'm for. Listen, sometimes it's just good to remind yourself and to remind one another of all the good things about people. There's all of, I bet all of us right now have people in our lives. We hadn't thought about them in a long time, but if they were not in our lives, it would hurt us. They walked in and said, you know what? I'm done. I'm gone. That would hurt. Maybe it's an employer. Maybe it's a friend. But all of us have people in our lives that have been a blessing to us. I had coffee just the other day with a, with, with a man who has been involved with us for about 22 years here in the church. He's been such a blessing to us. He has been so faithful. And we just sat down and had coffee. But as we talked, we talked about some of the things that God had done and how we, we had grown together and how things... And when I, I left, I had a greater appreciation of that. 
All I'm saying is we need to remind ourselves because there's a lot of good things in people and the people around us, and we're so blessed. And so it's just good to remind yourself and say, you can just tell the Lord sometimes, say thank you, but you're thinking about what someone else has done for you. You're thinking about their involvement in your life. But when you remind yourself of these things, you refocus it. How many people, no show of hands, how many people have you ever met at a funeral who begin to talk about all the things that that person did for them that they wish they had thanked them while they were alive? My pastor used to say this, give flowers to the living. Remind yourself, good things. But how about our relationship with the Lord? How do you refresh that? So you, you can remind and refocus with people. What do you do with the Lord? Well, that daily plan is still powerful. It's still a powerful idea. And it's still something that we can begin to incorporate into our lives. Because here's the, here's the, here's the big rub of, of relationships. This is, this is going to make you so happy. When we talk about relationships, I know people bring friends and loved ones hoping I am going to straighten them out. I'm going to bring them, and Pastor Allen's going to say something, and going to straighten them out because I have been telling them over and over and over. And, and I got news for you, Sparky, that is not the plan. <laughs> the plan is that, that we grasp a bigger picture here, that maybe we're here to be a blessing to God and to be a blessing for him to other people. See, when, you, when, it, when it's not just about you, I know, I know, all of us have people that need to get some stuff right. I know that. But if you'll take a different tact on it and say, Lord, what can I do? How can I change? I want to be a blessing to you and I want to be a blessing to people. So, as we're thinking about that, and I realized that that thought quieted you guys down as much as it quieted the first crowd down. It's, it's, but it's a thought that will help you so much because you realize there's a bigger purpose to my life. And I might not be, you might not be a king like these kings in Israel, but you have authority. And you have a realm that's within your touch. So, be careful about pursuing and spending all your energies and focus on the things that are not going to be long-term. Possessions, passions, position. Those are things that pull on all. Jesus warned us about these. He said, man, these things, he said, they'll actually choke God's word in your life. He said the, he said, the cares of the world, the, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in will actually choke the word. So he said, be, be careful for those. Now, Matthew read a, a, a scripture today, seek first the kingdom of God. Notice it didn't say seek only the kingdom of God. It says seek first. So if you can just, just set aside a daily time with God. See, the tendency with the Lord is, is if you don't have a, a daily time, you're refreshing, you're reminding, you, you can begin to drift. And all of a sudden you wind up going, how did I wind up here? I never intended to be away from the Lord. And it never was my heart. But listen, if you're daily... If you're, man, if you do this daily, so you take the instruction to keys, we take it to heart. So we don't have to write a book. We've already got a book for us. We can read God's word. I know you're like, Alan, there you go again about reading God's word. Listen, we don't read God's word to get brownie points. We read God's word to connect with the one who loved us, who created us, who made us, who gives us our life and breath, who is the strongest individual in our life. We connect with him there. 
And that's the way we connect. And we learn to reverence and respect him. We learn to walk in his ways. It refreshes our spirit so we stay strong on the inside. And it warns us. It keeps us away from pride. Pride that says, God, I don't need you. Because the older I get, the more I realize we do need him. I need him. I need his wisdom. I need his love. I need his grace in every area of my life. I'm not so... Lord, where would I be if it wasn't for you? But as we do that daily, we're refreshing, staying in touch. Now listen, there were blessings for kings. There are blessings for us when we do this. In the book of Proverbs, it says this. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. This was actually wisdom was talking. It was God's wisdom. For those who find me, find God's wisdom, find God, find life, and receive favor from the Lord. That's a big thing. So we realize, listen, I, I know you say, gosh, Alan, I've been coming to the church for years. You will never get off that reading the Bible stuff. You're always talking about reading the Bible, reading the Bible, reading the Bible. Listen, if you're here 10 years from now, you know what I'm going to be talking about? Reading the Bible. Because it is a refresh. It is a restore. It is something that helps us stay in touch where we don't drift away from God. We draw closer to him. They did a study a number of years ago. It wasn't that far 157 young students in elementary school that were choosing a musical instrument to play. Now, they studied these students and they tracked them for a number of years. Some of them turned out to be fine musicians. You know what the common denominator was that, that made fine musicians? You think, well, of course, it's musical skill. It wasn't as much musical skill. It wasn't IQ. It wasn't math skills. It wasn't even a sense of rhythm. It was the answer to one question. The one question was, how long do you intend to play this instrument? Some people asked, some kids answered, oh, not long. Some kids answered, oh, maybe a couple of years. But the group that excelled, the group that went far was the group that said, oh, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. I'm going to be a musician. They're the ones that excelled. The ones that said, I'm going to do this. Listen, you don't, you don't want to try God. You don't want to try. You want to say, you know what? I'm going to be a follower of God for the rest of my life. I'm going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to, read, I'm going to spend time with him. Because I want to, I'm going to tell you this. This is one of the biggest things you'll hear in this series. When this relationship is good, these relationships get better. When you're good here, it strengthens you to go through the difficult ones here and take the good ones that are here and make them even better. So when this is good, so listen, all it takes... As someone saying, no, I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to just try that. As someone saying, God, I'm in. I believe you created me. I believe you made me. I believe your son Jesus died for me. I believe you love me. I'm in. I'm a follower of you for the rest of my life. I'm in it wholeheartedly. I, this is the way it's going to go. When you do that, when you do that, this relationship has the ability to stay refreshed. And these relationships have the ability to stay strong. Would you bow your head with me for a moment? As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm going to ask no one leaving to please out of respect for the Lord and for the people around you. If you would stay still, I would appreciate it. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed this morning, if you came and said, you know what, Alan, I don't know that I have a relationship with the Lord or I'm just not sure. Or maybe you're like I was. You had a relationship and you know in your heart you just drifted away. 
Today you're saying, you know what? I don't want to stay there. I want to come back. We're going to say a prayer. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. We're not going to ask you to come to the front. But this is a powerful prayer and sitting right there in your seat. This is a, this is a life changer. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. No one's looking around. That's you that I, that I was talking to. You say, Alan, I, I want to be sure of my relationship or I want, to, I want to come back to him. I want to restore that relationship with the Lord. Would you pray for me? We're going to do that. I'm going to ask you to do one simple thing. Just slip your hand up across this auditorium and say, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In the back, in the front. Yeah, all over. Anybody else? Great. Thank you. Anybody else? Just say, Alan, that's me. Would you pray for me? Wonderful. You can put your hands down. Thank you. We're going to pray. Appreciate your courage. Appreciate your humility. It takes, it takes a level of humility to say, God, I need you. Sends are bowed and eyes are closed. No one's looking around. We're going to we're going to say this prayer together. Those of you who, who raised your hands, we're going to join you. And maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you really wanted in on this. You can pray this right from your heart. We're going to pray with you. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now. I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Now, his heads are still bowed and eyes are closed just for a moment. Heavenly Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer today ones who've meant it in their heart, prayed it from their hearts. Thank you, Father, for a change that's taken place in them and a change, Father, that can take place for throughout eternity. Thank you for that. We rejoice with them. And Father, for the rest of us, thank you for the privilege of being able to have a relationship with you. And thank you for your wisdom and your help on being able to have relationships with others that are good, that are strong, that are a blessing. Make us a blessing, Lord, to you and to the people who you placed in our lives. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.